Welcome to Victory Christian Center's audio podcast. We hope this message encourages you, and we look forward to connecting with you on social media or FCCFMD.com. Christmas series this year is about the songs of Christmas. And I don't know about you, but I like Christmas. And I like Christmas songs. And so I thought we would sing uh, just two brief songs as we head into the Word this morning. And you're probably thinking, why in the world would she have chosen this song? But I promise you, by the end of the message, you will understand. And so I would invite you to sing it with me. You don't have to stand. We're going to sing this song together this morning, and you might have a clue of what it is uh, by that picture that's up there this morning. And uh, one of my favorite parts of this Christmas movie is that when they're having a discussion about counting sheep, they decide that they're going to count their blessings instead of sheep. And so I would invite you to sing this song with me this morning, if we can get our right to... Please be 
Historians believe that the first Christmas carol was recorded somewhere, uh, written down somewhere in the fourth century. There was a, a Christmas recorded then, one of the first celebrations of the Christmas holiday, and they believe that this particular song was written by St. Hilary, who composed a Latin carol which translates, Jesus illuminates all. But I want to take you back further than that. I want to take you back almost 400 years prior to that. See, Scripture tells us, in Luke chapter 1, that God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, and he went there to a town in Galilee to a virgin who was betrothed to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of the house of David. We know that the virgin's name was Mary. The angel told her that she was highly favored, that the Lord was with her. And he went on to explain to her that she had found favor with God, that she would conceive and she would bring forth a son, and she was to call his name Jesus. Jesus. She was to call his name Jesus. Well, as any excited woman would, this woman runs and goes to her cousin's house, her cousin Elizabeth, and she proceeds to explain to Elizabeth what the angel has said to her. And it is here in Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 46, that we see the very first song of Christmas. And so the, the passage of scripture that we're reading this morning is going to be on the screen. You can follow along there if you have your Bibles. You can turn with us, Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 46. Scripture says, And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. How many of you can give that testimony this morning? The mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. She goes on to say his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, we thank you so much for who you are. God, we thank you for this season and this time of Advent. We thank you for the Christmas season that's approaching us. And God, we thank you for the hope that we find in Christmas. Lord, we thank you for the hope that's found in this song. And so, Lord, I pray today that your word would take root, that it would pierce our hearts and our minds. That, Lord, it would transform the way that we think, the way that we perceive Christmas. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, Mary's song, as it is often referred to, is called the Magnificat. And so you will often see that uh, referred to at Christmas time. And it's a song of assurance. And it's a song of hope. The very thing that we celebrate on this first Sunday of Advent. 
There was a religious professor who once wrote a bonus question on the board for his students. The question was very simply, did Mary know? Did Mary know? There's a very familiar Christmas song that many of us love, and if Mr. Julian was here, I would have him sing it for us because he does such a nice job, but maybe you can help me out this morning. How does it go? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you There's some powerful truth in that song. There's a powerful message there. But did Mary know? She did. She was the first to know. And because she was the first to know, this song was birthed in her heart. And she couldn't help but share it with someone. There was a famous preacher who once said that the Magnificat is the most revolutionary document in the world. There was an English theologian who said the Magnificat is a bombshell because people had read it and forgotten its revolutionary terror. He went on to say that it takes the standards of the world and it turns them upside down because in the Magnificat there are three revolutions. There's an economic revolution, there is a political revolution, and there is a moral revolution. Mary had such prophetic and such powerful words in this song that she delivered. Why? Because she knew. She knew the message that the angel gave her would come to pass. She knew what it meant not only for her, but for every generation to follow. Mary did not allow the fear of the unknown to silence her. She chose to sing. And the song that she brought forth delivered such a profound message because she begins her song by acknowledging and magnifying the Lord. She says, the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. We see this model offered by Jesus. Remember when his disciples came and they said, Lord, will you teach us how to what? Teach us how to pray. And how did Jesus begin the prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Mary says, the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. She begins the prayer by acknowledging the holiness of God the Father. And then she goes on, and she sings of his mercy, and she sings of his strength. She sings of his power, and she sings of his provision. But what I think is so interesting, it's what is so significant about the song that Mary delivers, is that outside of this song, we don't have much in scripture that's recorded of what Mary spoke. Now I'm sure she spoke quite a lot, but we don't have much of a record. This song gives us such insight. Outside of the time, you remember that Mary and Joseph were traveling from the city of Jerusalem? 
Mary looks at Joseph, and Joseph looks at Mary. Where's Jesus? I thought he was with you. No, I thought he was with you. They realize they left Jesus back somewhere in the city, and they got to turn around and go back for him. And when they find him, as any mother would, looks at her son, where have you been? We've been looking for you. And Jesus responds very profoundly and says, didn't you know that I would what? Be about my father's business. So we have that record of Mary talking to Jesus. Then we have another record at the wedding at Cana where the host runs out of wine for his guests and Mary goes to Jesus. And what? you got to do something. We're out of wine. But this song gives us tremendous insight into the heart and into the character of a woman who had found such favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now we have to understand that at the time of Gabriel's visit to Mary, Mary wasn't well into her 20s or 30s. Most theologians believe she was anywhere between 14 and 16 years of age. You can imagine this young teenager her entire life ahead of her. She's engaged to be married. She's probably making invitations. She's getting plans, getting all kinds of things together. And she gets this message that shakes her world. Everything, life as she knows it, is going to be forever changed. But isn't that what happens to you and I when we encounter the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Everything changes. Everything changes. And so Mary is now faced with this predicament. She's engaged to be married. She's a virgin. And now she's got to tell her family, and she's got to tell her fiancé, guess what? We're having a baby. Can you imagine how Joseph must have felt? Getting this message from an angel, wait a minute, what's going on? Mary has to make a choice. Because you see, in that society, if Joseph would have been disobedient to what the Lord had told him he needed to do, Mary would have been considered an outcast. She would have been ostracized by her family. She could have possibly been stoned. This is the culture in which she was living. But Joseph was obedient. And what is so profound about this story is that as young as she was, she had incredible faith. Because when Gabriel brings this message to her that she knows is going to change life as she knows it, her response is that Gabriel, I'm sorry, you got the wrong house. You, you found the wrong girl. This is too much for me to handle. Her response is, let it be done to me according to your word. Let it be done according to your word. And if we're honest this morning, how many of us have that kind of faith? Lord, I don't understand this at all. I don't understand why you picked me. I don't understand this mission. I don't know what you've laid out in front of me. I don't know how it's going to turn out. But let it happen according to your word. I'll be honest, I don't always walk. Seldom do I walk in that much faith. We started out the year 2021 with the theme of being confident. I think if we look through the New Testament, the one character that stands out as being completely confident in her faith and who her God was, was Mary. How else could she have responded to that word? Let it be done. 
She walked in confidence. Her life was about to be shaken, and yet she says, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit rejoices. How many of you say, My spirit rejoices when God tells you something you need to do? Usually we're hemming and hawing, Lord, do I have to? Can I just put it off a little longer? She said, My soul rejoices. There was one pastor who said, Almighty God might have chosen an economically poor girl to bear his son, but he didn't choose a dummy. He chose the woman he had prepared with the best genetic inheritance of strength and intelligence to pass on to her son through the umbilical cord. Well, how do we know this? We know that Mary knew her scripture. It's evident in the song that she brought forth because she prophesied to future generations. She speaks of his deliverance and she proclaims, excuse me, she proclaims the truth of the gospel. Mary's song, it takes us from the womb to the tomb. It takes us from the cradle to the cross. And this young girl steps out in faith and says, let it be done. Let it be done. She was one of many who was living under the harsh and oppressive rule of the Roman Empire, longing for a redeemer and waiting for the promise of a Messiah. I wonder this morning, you found yourself in a place we're just longing for that redemption. Where life just seems a little hopeless. Maybe you feel just a little lost, particularly at Christmas time. We talked about the loss and the grief that was birthed through the familiar song, White Christmas. But you know, sometimes we have to walk through the darkest valleys to see the greatest In 1843, there was a local parish priest who wanted to do something to uh, commemorate the renovations that had been made to the local church organ. So he decided a piece of music would be perfect to commemorate this occasion. So he reached out to a known poet whose name was Capone. Now Capone had an interesting history all of his own. He had lost one of his hands had actually been shot off when he was a child. It's kind of a gruesome story. But Capone was an atheist. And so this parish priest reaches out to Capone and says, Hey, we just renovated the organ at our church. Would you write a song for us? Can you imagine? Well, at the request of the priest, Capone penned the words to this poem, which he entitled Midnight Christians. And so the priest read through it, and then he suggested that Capone take these words to Midnight Christians to a, a fairly familiar composer, so they could put it to some music. So he takes it to the composer, and the composer uh, puts music to this, and the song premiered in 1847 as A Christmas Carol, is what this song was entitled. Well, it started getting out, and word finally leaked out that it had been written and composed by an atheist. So the church was outraged. 
They banned the carol from the French liturgy. It was not allowed to be sung in any of their services. But there were people around who were still somewhat familiar with the song, and so it was heard by a local minister, and in 1855, he translated the song into English, and it became what we now sing as O Holy Night. There's a, another story that kind of surrounds this song, and it had to do with a battle that took place during the French and Prussian War. It said that on Christmas Eve in 1870, there were some troops who were singing this particular Christmas carol in the trenches. And it so inspired the German troops that they started singing some of the hymns from Martin Luther. What ended up happening between this sing-song is that a truce was made for 24 hours so the soldiers on both sides could celebrate Christmas. All because an atheist wrote a song to glorify the birth of our Savior. Think about the hope that came from that song. A thrill of hope. A weary world, what? Rejoices. It rejoices. Maybe this morning you're searching for hope. Maybe you're looking for truth. I can assure you today that there's hope in the message of Christmas. There's hope in the truth of the gospel. There is hope in Mary's song. And I want to go back just for a moment this morning to Luke chapter 1, verse 41. I want to look at Elizabeth's reaction to her cousin's visit. So you can turn there with me. It's on the screen as well. Elizabeth's reaction to her cousin's visit. It tells us in Luke chapter 1, verse 41, that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Take a look at that last verse. Blessed is she who what? believed that there would be fulfillment of the word that was spoken. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of the word that was spoken by the Lord. And I wonder this morning how many of you are in that waiting period. It's not very fun, is it? In that waiting period period. Lord, where is the fulfillment of the word that you spoke? I don't see it. I can't feel it. Maybe you're growing weary, waiting for the results, waiting for the answer, and you've got to find some hope again. Blessed is the one who believes that there will be a fulfillment because, friends, hope is here. 
And it's for you this morning. And so we go back to our song about a white Christmas. And maybe this Christmas you're walking with some guilt. You're walking with some shame. You're walking with some loneliness. Things that you've been carrying for far too long. Scripture tells us that though your sins were scarlet, they shall be white. White as snow. Maybe this year is your year for a white Christmas. To say, Lord, I need you to cleanse me. I need you to wash me. I need you to make me new so that I can walk in the fullness of the life that you have for me. Scripture assures us that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be what? Will be saved. I heard a pastor a few weeks ago, he said, red and yellow, black and white, fat or skinny, it's all right. (laughs) Jesus loves all of us, right? So anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You confess with your mouth that he's Lord. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will can ask you to stand with me this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're tuning in online. You're just kind of dreading the Christmas rush, the Christmas season. Maybe it's a lonely time for you. Maybe this year you're feeling a little hopeless. And today you just want to slip up your hand wherever you are. Say, Lord, that's me. I can't walk this road alone anymore. I need some help. I need some guidance. I need some direction. So we invite you to, to pray this prayer with us. There's nothing magical about the words. It's just simply a confession of your heart. Just say, Lord, I know that I've made mistakes. I know that I've been born into a life of sin. But I believe that you came to that dirty little stable. That you went to that rugged cross. You rose from that tomb so that I could have life and I could have it abundantly overflowing to the fullest. So I ask today that you come into my life. That you forgive me of my sins. Would you make me whole again? I believe in what you did for me. And I surrender my heart to you today. Believe that if you pray that prayer, that God welcomes you into his family and the angels rejoice over you. But maybe this morning you're here. And unlike Elizabeth, you're just kind of hanging on saying, Lord, I know you made a promise to me. I'm not seeing it yet. And this morning, you just want to slip up your hands and say, Lord, I just need some encouragement. I 
just need somebody to come alongside of me and just help hold up my arms a little bit because the battle's just gone on a little too long. That's you this morning. Slip up your hand and say, Lord, I need some hope. I need, I need to be reminded of the word that you promised me. Just speak to my heart today. Father, we thank you today for the promises that you make to us are yes and amen. We thank you that you are faithful to fulfill those promises to us. And Lord, that when you speak something, it does not return void. So Father, this morning, for every promise, for every seed that has been planted, God, we trust you we trust you to fulfill it in your time. And Lord, would you give us the confidence to stand as Mary and say, let it be done. Let it be done according to your word. Lord, we trust in you today. We thank you for all that you are. We thank you, God, for all that you've done. And Lord, we thank you for the hope that you've sent to us during this season of Advent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you worship with us today.
Thank you for listening to Victor Christian Center's audio podcast. We look forward to connecting with you on our social media or at FCCFMD.com.